This evening, the gospel reading is taken from the, Matthew, from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 13, beginning at the 20, beginning at the 24th verse. Glory to Christ, our Savior. Matthew gospel chapter 13, reading from verses 24 all the way down to verse 13. And Jesus put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while this man was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grains, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, no, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together unto the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise to Christ our Lord. Will you please be seated? Good afternoon, everyone. It's so good to see all of us here this afternoon. This is still beginning of the year, so let me wish you a blessed new year. I trust that you all had a good start to a new year, and we are all ready to embrace the rest of the year, embracing all that the Lord has for each one of us. And we know that in times of trouble, God is our strength. Amen? You know, recently uh, at, in, in Facebook, a friend of mine posted a comic script that I thought that is a good uh, food for thought and is kind of in line with our sermon series, Getting Ready for the End Times. So I would like to share this with you. So here's a comic script. One day, a mother came to the son and said this, Son, I heard that the coming of Jesus is near. What is the right religion in order for us to be safe? So the coming of Christ gets us quite anxious. Uh. Then the son very cleverly said this, Mom, no religion, church, pastor, priest, or even good works could save us. It's a personal relationship with Jesus, with the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's, it's so true, isn't it? that we all need to guard our relationship with the Lord all the time. Because when we, are, when we have a personal relationship with the Lord, the Lord will help us to put things in the right perspective. May the Lord help all of us. Let us pray together as we look to the Lord and His Word this afternoon. Father Almighty, we come before, the, before you today as we look into your word, we pray, Lord, that you'll grant us new insights, new revelation as we look into this very interesting parable together. Holy Spirit, come shed light into your word for us as we pray this in Jesus' name. 
as we all read the Word of God, especially the Gospel, we all know that Jesus was a master storyteller. And we, we have heard a few parables, and we know that Jesus taught in parables most of the time. And what are these parables? We know that parables are teaching were stories that have a hidden meaning. And some are easy to understand, some we read and read, and we do not know what it's talking about. So some easy to understand, some not so easy to understand. And so far, in the last couple of weeks, we have looked at two very interesting parables. The first one is the parable of the foolish and wise builders, okay, calling us to, to build a foundation that will last on a solid foundation, and we know that's in the Lord. And building a foundation that will help us to withstand the ultimate storm that will come. Then we look at the parable of the sower, reminding us that you and I are to sow the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, whenever and wherever we can. And of course, living the outcome in the hand of the Lord as we go about sowing the, the seed of the gospel. You know, as we read in Matthew 13, in this particular chapter, we will, we will see that a few of the parables in this chapter seems to talk about seeds. Okay, seeds. We saw the the seeds the, that the sower sowed last week, the parable on the sower, and today we look at another set of seeds, the parable of the weeds and weeds. And then next week, we will look at the parable of the mustard seed. And then it's interesting also to note that Jesus, when he started this series of parables, there is one particular series of parables called the kingdom parables, where Jesus started by saying, and the kingdom of heaven can be compared with, or the kingdom of God is like. So, in fact, Jesus in verse 11, in this particular chapter in verse 11, Jesus said to his disciples, to you has been granted the mystery to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. Jesus said this to the disciples. It seems that it's like a responsibility given to the disciples. I tell you the secret. I tell you the meaning behind the parables. So what, this, what were the disciples supposed to do? To keep the knowledge to themselves? No. But rather, they were to pass on the knowledge of what they know, the explanation of it all, or the meaning of it all, to people around them who ask them. So it's like, it sounds like Discipleship 101. I tell you, and you go and tell. So it's like Discipleship 101. That's what we are supposed to do. To, to disciples others, to tell others about the Word of God. In fact, Jesus, when he started his public ministry, in his teaching, he started his teaching, he started by proclaiming the kingdom of God. He said this in Matthew 4. He said, from that, 
Scripture tells us from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, it was a difficult time during the Roman Empire when Jesus was on earth. And the, the people, the Jewish nation, the Jewish people were actually waiting for a Messiah to come to champion their cause and to topple the Roman rule. And many were seemingly not happy with what they with the with the leadership of that day, and they were doing things, doing things that was right in their own eyes. And Jesus came to talk about the, the parables of the kingdom of God to encourage them to do two things, to, to turn their focus on God rather than the situation, to turn their focus on God and for them to live a righteous life. I reckon that this is why Jesus pointed them to the kingdom of heaven. He said, come on, don't forget about the kingdom of heaven. Keep focused, like what we sang just now, turn your eyes upon Jesus. In the various parables, Jesus revealed the kingdom of heaven, what the kingdom of heaven is like. Then, as we read on, Jesus used the, 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 this phrase, kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven, interchangeably in his parables, and they actually mean the same thing, huh? they mean the same place rather. So allow me for now just to talk a little bit about this kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven. Whenever Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven in, in, in his ministry on earth, there was a twofold meaning and that is the now and the not yet. Can I have the next slide please? And the next slide. Yes, and the, he, he was talking about the now and the not yet. The now meaning here and now. Here and now. Living in the kingdom here, the kingdom life that is here and now, and our experiences here on earth. Living life here on earth meaningfully, righteously, as pleasing to the Lord. The not yet is simply a future fulfillment, a future event when Jesus shall come again. And we are familiar with a few phrases of words that talk about this not yet event that is coming. And of course, we have the word parousia. Then we have this phrase called consummation of time, where time cons consummate at, the, at this final event, and that is the second coming of Christ. Then, of course, we have the phrase second event, second coming. The first coming we celebrate, we, we remember at Christmas time. Then the day of judgment, or on that day, or here in this chapter, is called the end of the age. Of course, the theological term is eschatology, eh? It's a very long word. It's actually the doctrine of end time. So they all carry the same meaning. The parable that we are looking about, that we are looking at today, certainly talk about the end times. It's commonly called the so the the weeds, the parable of the weeds and weeds. 
or some translation called weeds and tears. In case I get excited and mispronounce, uh, I will use weeds and tears, uh, which the tears means the weed as well. So it is a, a, another word for the word weeds. First, let's understand what is weeds and what are tears. Together, they actually look the same, but they are actually quite different. Can we? Uh, so the tears and the weeds, they actually look quite different, okay? But together, they look the same. It's just one whole big field of, of golden um, grains sticking out. So you really cannot tell which is which. So what are they? The weeds is a type of grass grown all over the world for its highly nutritious and useful grain. Okay? It is one of the top most one of the top three most produced crop in the world, along with corn and rice. A wide range of products can be made from it by human including the most famously flour, which is made from the grain itself. And of course, in the Asian community, we have what we, what we consume all the time, that is rice. Then tares. Tares is a wheatly plant that grows in a grain field. An unwelcome and useless plant, actually, and may cause injury to the wheat. It seems that it would sometimes coil around the weeds and around the weed and, and preventing it from growing further. So these unwelcome seeds were sown by the enemy, as we as we saw in scripture just now. That with these unwelcome seeds, the tares were sown by the enemy when the farmer and his workers were not looking, probably in the night when the farmer and the workers were, were sleeping and they were caught off guard. These weeds and tares, of course, harvested at harvest time. In the meantime, they coexist. I believe the farmer had confidence that his good seeds would survive and grow strong in the midst of the bad seeds. So the disciples, we're going back to Matthew 13. The disciples were a bit puzzled about this particular parable. They have just heard the parable of the sower and now you have this parable that talks about the kingdom of God. And they came to Jesus and asked for the meaning. So Jesus explained this in the same chapter in verse, from verse 36. Okay, so let's look at Matthew 13, starting from verse 36. Allow me to read for you. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And, and his disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. And he said this, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. And the field in, is the womb. And as for the good seeds, these are the sons of the kingdom. And the weeds were sown, the, and the seeds, the weeds are the sons of the evil one. 
and the enemy who sold them is the devil. And the harvest is at the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. So just as the weeds were gathered up and burned with fire, so it shall be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and, th and those who commit lawlessness. And they will throw them into the furnace of fire. And in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the right enter then the righteous shall shine forth like the sun in the kingdom of the Father, the one who has years let him hear. So let's, let's unpack this a little further. So here we have the sower. The sower is Jesus, the Son of Man. Then the field, of course, is the world where you and I live in. We live in this world. In this world. And the seeds are the sons of the kingdom. And the tares are the sons of the evil one. So the sower of the tares is the devil. And the reaper at the end of the age are the angels. And the harvest time is, of course, at the end of the age. It is very interesting as we compare the parable of the sower and this particular parable. They both mention seeds. So the seeds that were sown by the sower, they are different from this particular seeds that is sown by our Lord Jesus. So the, the seeds in the parable of the sower was simply the message of the gospel, the message of salvation. Whereas the seeds that are mentioned in these parables are referred to human beings like you and me. So seeds, the seeds mentioned in these two parables are different. So don't get confused, yeah? And the separation of these seeds or the, at harvest time is at the end of the age when Jesus shall come back again. Meanwhile, as we see in this parable, we coexist to be part of the world that we live in, part of this world that we live in. And who coexists? Of course, the bad seeds and the good seeds coexist and they grow together. As we see in the explanation, at the end of the age, there are two groups of people with their destiny clearly mentioned. At the end of the age, what will the angel do? The angel will gather the useless tares and burn them outside the kingdom of God. That's what will happen to the tares, the, un the useless weeds that was put there to cause harm to the righteous weeds or to the, to the useful weeds. Then the remaining, of course, are the weeds, the righteous ones that will shine like sun in the kingdom. Now, whenever I read this kind of parables, it always sounds a bit scary and exciting at the same time. So who are the tares, you may ask, and who are the weeds. The Bible does not leave us clueless. 
it talks about those outside the kingdom and those inside the kingdom that will shine in the kingdom. Those outside the kingdom is, of course, the unrighteous, those who practice lawlessness, the false prophets and teachers. And these are those who do not and will not inherit the kingdom of God. The unrighteous. Matthew 6, Jesus said, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. We know that in Scripture, in the Gospel, the scribes and Pharisees were often known for their unrighteousness and their hypocrisy. They say one thing and do another. And we all know that, in, especially in the marketplace, Christians are often accused as being hypocrites. I call them the ones who spoil the market. They are, so, so Christians are often accused of being hypocrites, especially at workplaces. You and I need to be careful, not just to be known as Christians, but we need to watch the way we conduct ourselves. Our code, code of conduct might exceed those of the scribes and Pharisees, like Scripture say. Who were the scribes and Pharisees? They were the law enforcer. They were the one who, who knew Scripture, and yet they chose to break the law. Many of us know what to do. Many of us read the Bible. We have the Word of God to lead us, to guide us. Yet, we do not obey. So, we need, so this warning then is for you and I to guard our hearts. The other group of people, as mentioned, are those who practice lawlessness. In Matthew 7, it says, On that day, Jesus says, On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Or cast out demons in your name? And do many mighty works in your name? And then will I say, declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Who are these workers of lawlessness? The Apostle Paul gave us an idea in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He said this, Or do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral or idolaters or adulterers or men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards or revelers or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Of course, as we read the epistle, Paul has other lists in other, other passages. You may like to look at Galatians. There's one list in Galatians. So, but this particular passage gives us some idea what lawlessness is like. These people think that they are above the law. They think that they can break the law and nobody knows. 
But you and I know that God, the eyes of the Lord runs to and fro upon the whole earth. And He knows. He knows the secrets of our hearts. Then we have the false prophets and teachers who were bringing about false teaching. And Peter had this to warn us. He said, but false prophets were also arose among the people, just as there were false prophets among you who were secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing them upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality because the way of truth will be blasphemed. So as Christians, we need to be alert and know the truth of God's word and not be swayed by preachers and teachers who sound good. They make you feel good and sound good and bring about good emotions and only have nice things to say. There are many out there these days. We need, if you're unsure, pray about what you hear and go back to the Word of God. If you have further doubt, come and see Pastor Darren and he will correct you. He'll help you. Okay? Then who will inherit the kingdom? Who will inherit the kingdom? Once again, Scripture gives us some clue. First of all, we have the poor in the spirit, then those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, and of course, the righteous. The poor in the spirit, blessed is the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's part of the beatitude. The message, Peter, Eugene Peterson, who wrote this paraphrase, said this, you are blessed when you're at the end of the rope. With less of you, there's more of God and His rule. Poor in spirit is not the poor thing. Oh, you poor thing, Patsy, let me sayang you. It's not that, okay? But it's knowing and understanding our limitation and recognizing the greatness of God and His sovereign rule. With less of us, we will see more of God. It's all about how we express our relationship with God. Our inner life finding expression in the way we live. So it is this relationship with God and how this relationship with God will bring about righteous living. Remember, we talk about the head, the heart, and a hand. So that is this process of our relationship with the Lord and the way we walk out our lives. Then, those who persecute for righteousness' sake, again, in the Beatitudes, Jesus said this, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for those, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And again, the message version said this, you are blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. I think Eugene Peterson said very plainly in his translation that those of us who are persecuted or for being a Christian 
we need to stand by our commitment or standing by our commitment when we or standing by our commitment where we dare to stand firm in times of persecution in times of trial stand by the word of God to right to the end that is the firm foundation we built up that will see us to the end that we will get to inherit the kingdom of God. In Singapore, of course, we don't experience that kind of persecution that some other countries do, where they were persecuted for their faith at knife point or at gunpoint. But sometimes we think we are get persecuted. We get laughed at. We get misunderstood in times when we stand by our biblical principles. When we stand up for what we believe, we get laughed at, we get mocked at. But let's continue to stand up for the Lord. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, that old hymn. We, we are to stand up for righteousness and to stand up for Jesus. And of course, the final group are the righteous. Jesus said that in the parable in this parable, that the righteous will shine like sun in the kingdom of God. The righteous shall shine like sun in the kingdom of God. Those who live a life that is pleasing to God. Those who are very conscious of their walk with the Lord. Those who does the will of God as revealed in the scripture for us. Romans 14 tells us, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I know Chinese New Year is coming, huh? So there will be a lot of eating and drinking. But let's, not, let's be careful not to overindulge. Remember to shine for Jesus. So dear brothers and sisters, you and I live in a world where the weeds and the tares coexist. And we all know that it is just like a tug of war, the weeds and the tares. Because the tares will want to prevent us from growing. And what are the tares that we, that we may face in real life? The challenges and the struggles they are facing us. On the other hand, we want to please and honour our God. I'm sure all of us want to honour our God. On the other hand, our humanness get influenced and swayed by the ways of God. It's so true, isn't it? That we are to be, we are often then reminded that we are in the world, yet not of the world. But remember, we are the seed sown by Jesus Christ on good soil. So let us, let us keep our personal Christian growth going. Let's be overcomers for the Lord. I believe that through the parable, Jesus was telling the people to stay focused and not to be influenced or be lured away or be swayed away by those who practice lawlessness. 
But what if we do? We do get influenced. What do we do to get sweet? There's hope for us. Repent. Repent from these lawless deeds. Romans 4 said this, Blessed are those whose lawless, lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. That's why we have confession. There's a need for confession. And of course, in Matthew 6.33, Jesus told the people, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So we are to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will meet us at the point of our needs. So let us take heed the warning of this parable and, that, and let's start practicing to shine for the Lord here and now to the end of the age. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we come before you this afternoon as we sit here thinking about the parables of the weeds and tares. You have pointed the people to the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God is like. And you remind us that the righteous will shine like sun in your kingdom. And Father, we thank you that those who call on your name, you have called us to be sons of God. And for all of us who are sitting here, we thank you for the privilege to be called your children. May we learn to seek ye first, seek first your kingdom, seek first your righteousness. We cannot do it on our own strength, especially living in this world with a lot of challenges and struggles and all the attraction and distraction of this world. May you help us. Spirit of God, be our counsellor, be our guide, we pray. In Jesus' name. Let us stand and sing this together. Seek first the kingdom of God. <laughs>